Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to In Search Of. We're your host, Ashton and Sam. We're two accountants who binge podcasts by day and TV by night. Keep listening to find what you've been in search of. Hi, Sam. Hey, Ashton. All right. Today we have international murders. So we're going to talk. Our show is Don't F with Cats. That's on Netflix. And then we have two Crime Junkie episodes. Mine is Setagaya Family Murders, and yours is... Dylan De- Millard. Millard, yes. Also, uh, one of my friends was telling me, and I thought that this might be a good idea, we could do like where we say the episodes that we're going to talk about like before we release it. So it like gives people a chance to listen, and oh, then they can yeah. come back and listen. And so then it's like... They're kind of in the conversation with us. That's a good idea. Yeah. So like I'm, on Fridays, maybe we can yeah. say over the weekend, here's your homework. Yes. Yeah. So maybe we'll start doing that. Um, and so then it can be more of a group group thing. But um, so those are our, our three topics or shows that we're going to talk about today. So if you don't want any spoilers, here's your cutoff. But yeah, let them know that we sent you. And we'll start with Don't F with Cats. So that was released, I think, in 2019, I think is what it said. It wasn't that long ago. And it's only like a couple of episodes, but we were actually just reading about it because we couldn't remember all the details. Yeah, it's been all all the details. But basically what happens is there there's this guy who it's horrible to even like say this as we have two cats sitting on <laughs> sitting right next to us but um this guy's like filming himself like killing and torturing cats online and there's these two people they find like they come across these videos and they're like we need to find who this guy is because like this is not okay and i was gonna try to find their names um body Movin', Movan, that's not her real name. That's just like her alias mm-hmm. that she goes by online. And then John Green. And so they start this like Facebook group called the Find the Kitten Vacuumer for Great Justice. And he does like a, there's a couple of videos where he does some bad, like really horrible things to cats. And I, I don't even want to like go over them because it's just yeah bad. You don't need to. you don't yeah. You, if you want the details, you can watch the the show. But it is one of those things where you're watching it and you're like, what the hell is yeah, going on? Yeah, you start on? to feel like sick. Yeah, and but I you can't like I know. <laughs> you, as you sit here with my cats <laughs> all in your face. The one jumped on my lap and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, Walter. Walter loves everybody. So if you come to my house, you'll you're gonna get greeted with a large black and white cat but anyways so they start this facebook group to track him down he does like a couple of 
these videos and they track him in Canada and they warn the Canadian police and they're like, you, you know, he's gonna start like killing people. Like if you don't do something about this and they like, don't take them seriously. And when, uh, then he kills a Chinese, um, student, I guess, which did he film that one? I can't remember if he filmed that. think he had something online yeah something i mean somehow they knew yeah so there was they were able to track what he was i think he like he liked the like cat and mouse game of like Mm -hmm. people tracking him and yeah he was i mean bragging about it because why would you put it online yeah yeah so he like it's horrible but he, he he like rapes and murders this guy i think like dismembers his body and they um, eventually catch him. But yeah, I mean, it's basically they're just, they tell you like the horrible thing he's doing online. And they just, then they tell the story of them trying to track them and the police not taking them seriously. And then they eventually catch him. His name was like Luca. Minotti. Yeah, he was, I think from Montreal, I think. Yeah, but it's, it's so impressive that like a group of just random people that, I think they were on a Facebook group together. Yeah. And so, and that's how they did it. And they listened because like this initial video had like music in the background or something. Mm -hmm. And they found out the language of the music, but that was like a red herring because it was not English. And so, yeah. And they even looked at like the outlets and the videos. Yeah. And people were like, I'm in Europe and our outlets look like this, look like that. Or, and then there was like a blanket on a bed Mm -hmm. and they found out like, where the blanket was made and there was a vacuum or the type of vacuum mm-hmm. that he used and the woman um body i think, I think she yeah. found where the vacuum was like manufactured and she like went in person and like figured yeah, out where it was did. sold and all that uh-huh they um, did a great job then and they finally found where he lived because there was a picture they found a picture of him online he was like standing on a balcony of mm-hmm. like an apartment and then and like in the background in. there was like a uh-huh. gas station and so the guy like zoomed in on the gas station and then used Google Maps for like where it's that crazy. gas station was. And he, there was like a corner and he, uh-huh. he was like, that's it. Yeah, it's wild. I saw like a tweet and it said, if I appear to be missing, please contact body moving and John Green rather than the police. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> They'll figure it out. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, warning, it's, a, it's hard to watch, but it is amazing to see these people like a community come together and track this like international like there she was from las vegas and he was from i don't know where he's from but i mean they were just like two normal people here in america that like figured it out yeah so it was it was pretty impressive but anyways so that's don't f with cats on netflix um so now we'll move on to our two crime chunky episodes um I can go first, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But this is the Setagayam family murders. So this is a crime junkie episode. They don't number them, but if you like search by that name, you will find it. It was released in May of 2021. And uh, this happened in Tokyo. So I'm going to try my best to like pronounce some of these words. So bear with me. But this um, crime happened on New Year's Eve in 2000 in Setagaya, Tokyo. Um, a mom, Haruko, I believe is how you say it, she was trying to get in touch with her daughter and could not 
um, get in touch with her or anyone in the family. So her daughter, Yazuko, is um, married to Mikio, and they have two children, Nina and Ray, eight and six years old. And they lived like really close to each other. So cause since she couldn't get a hold of anyone, she was like, I'm just going to go over there. So she goes over there, knocks on the door, no one answers. And at this point, she's like, OK, this is just really weird. So she uses her spare key um, to get into the front door. And um, when she enters the home, she first sees her son-in-law laying on the floor covered in blood and he had been stabbed. And uh, on Crime Junkies, Ashley and Brittany talk about like how brave the mom is to like continue to go searching throughout the house because at that point you don't know like if the killer is still in the house Mm -hmm. or what's going on. But, you know, her motherly instincts probably just like kicked in and she was like, I got to find like where everybody else is. So she um, goes upstairs and she finds her daughter and granddaughter upstairs and they had been stabbed as well. And there's like blood everywhere. She tries to revive them, but they are like cold to the touch and dead. And her grandson is still in bed um, and he he was not bloody, um, but he was cold to the touch. So she calls the police and when they arrive, they notice like the scene is really odd. The house is a mess, like papers are scattered everywhere. Drawers are pulled out. Um, they've been dumped and like stacked on top of each other and like papers are tossed everywhere and like they're finding papers like in the bathtub. Um, just a very odd scene. They find blood on a towel and a sanitary wipe, and they think the killer used this to clean their own blood. And they mentioned that um, this is common, like with stabbing um, attacks, because a lot of times, like blood, like gets everywhere, and then that knife will slip out of the the, the uh, attacker's hand, and mm-hmm. then they'll like injure themselves. So uh, they realize that the killer has left um, the murder weapons at the scene. They brought their own knife and they used some from the family's home because I think the knife that they brought, like, is this a horrible thing that happened, but it, like, broke off in the dad's head. So he resorted to using one of their knives in the kitchen to, like, I guess, finish the job. So they, you know, they analyze the scene. They an- they find, like, papers everywhere. They find the murder weapon. And then they also, like, start to see other clues they uh they said the killer ate food from the house like there was like ice cream wrappers where he had like eaten some ice cream he just had a snack i guess break and- yeah he left clothes at the house he left a bag with um they find sand in it which is like kind of an important note that i'll bring up later um there was some cash stolen but other things were left of value like bank cards and stuff so they were a little confused by that but they could tell like it looked like the killer was looking for something because of the way the scene was just a mess and things were thrown everywhere uh this is also a very interesting point he left unflushed poop in the toilet and they know it was him, I guess, because they had to take it in and test it. So it wasn't. Well, he had a snack. <laughs> he had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So he um, yeah, didn't even have the courtesy to flush it. But OK. He um, he left 
fingerprints and blood like all over the house. So you would think this would be like easy peasy with all the evidence and everything left. You think they would be able to find this guy pretty quick. Well, the DNA doesn't match anyone on file. And a thing that they noted in the episode is that in Japan, they can get people's DNA even if you're um, suspected of a crime. So the DNA pool is a lot bigger and they still didn't have like a match. Um, so they were like, okay, this person's either never been caught or this was his first attack. Um, they also note that, or like they were able to tell that he stayed around for a long time after the murder. I mean, obviously he had time to have some snacks and go poop. So he hung out for a while. So clearly he like, wasn't nervous about getting caught. Um, they said someone was online on the computer on at like around 1 a.m. And they believe this was after the family had been murdered, which they believe was around 1130. So it just kind of shows you the timeline of like how long he was there. And then there was more activity um, on that computer around 10 a.m., which is when the mom mom entered the home. But they think he was already gone by that point. And that maybe when she came in, she like knocked the mouse over and like, you know, made like something opened up Mm -hmm. or whatever um they were able to tell that the killer came in and out through the window in the bathroom where he had done his business uh so a couple days after the crime um the they the police got the autopsy back and they were able to tell that Ray had died by uh, suffocation. He had been strangled by hand, and they believe he was killed first. And then everyone else died from blood loss from multiple puncture wounds. So they think the dad was attacked next. And then the mom, Nina and her mom, um, were were the last two victims. And they said that they actually had some postmortem wounds. So, like, they were already dead and he was continuing to attack them. And so Brittany and Ashley make the point of overkill because they're like, it's just so much, uh, there's just so much blood. There's so many stab wounds. Like there's just. Usually like personal when they go that far. Yeah. And so they did make the point of like, okay, if it's not personal, maybe it was, he didn't know what he was doing. So like if he, if this was his first act, you know, maybe he didn't know what he was doing. And so he didn't know when to stop, which I thought was a pr- like a good point. Like, I don't know if this killed him. Let me make sure. Yeah. And they left so much evidence behind, too, that they were like, OK, maybe he's not smart. Yeah. I inexperienced. Mean, <laughs> doing this is not smart, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so much evidence left behind. He hung around. He ate. He pooped. He was surfing the web like they were like, you know, Another thing, though, he could be relaxed. Like they said, like, okay, maybe he's this isn't his first time. He's an expert. Yeah, he's he's relaxed and confident confident in like what he's done. Yeah. So based on the evidence that was left behind, the the cops get a better picture of who the killer is. And the blood reveals it is a man, which shocker. It's always (laughs) it's always a man. Um, So clothes, the clothes that were left tell them it is a younger man. They trace a piece of clothing to uh, the manufacturer and they were able to tell like 200 and 300 of these shirts somewhere in between there were sold in that area. And then they were able to like figure out where the shirt was sold, like which stores. And they found it was only available in four stores in that area. 
and only 10 had been purchased so it's not a lot exactly so they i mean they don't really like go any further with that detail Mm -hmm. other than that but that was just like something they you know during their investigation like came across Mm -hmm. uh based on the bag he had like i guess it was kind of like a fanny pack and was supposed to like uh it looked like it would fit a man that had was a slim build. So they're like, okay, maybe that's how he got in and out of the window. Uh, so the sand that they found inside the bag, they traced it, which I thought this was pretty cool that they can do this. They traced it to sand like found in the U.S. Like it hmm. was somewhere like in, in Nevada or California, somewhere over there. Um, they were able to like identify the cologne that the killer i guess had like on his clothes Mm. and supposedly this cologne is like very popular with skateboarders at the time and there was actually a skate park right behind the family's house so there had been like reports that mikio had been um seen arguing with skateboarders before he died and they don't know exactly what it could have been about but they thought maybe the noise So another point that they make about the skate park is that it was expanding and the family had actually received money from the skate park because they were going to like tear down their house and like that's where they were going to expand. And it was supposedly a large sum of money, like one million yen, which I think is they said was close to like a million in U.S. dollars. So it was a lot of money. And so they thought, okay, maybe the killer was after the money. And the family was known to keep money in the house. Like they had several hundred K yen stolen from the house. So that kind of goes back to, you know, maybe the robbery is a motive, but they still aren't entirely sure. Uh, They do with the DNA that's found, they do genetic testing and they learn that the killer has East Asian genetic heritage on his dad's side. And then on his mother's side, they find European roots in the Southern Mediterranean areas. But police are limited on what they can do with this. So they were like, okay, can they generate like a composite, like what this person looks like? But with the rules over there, they could probably, I guess, like generate it, but they couldn't post it to the public. So mm. there's not, there's only so much they can do with that information. Um, they mentioned that obviously this left like a lasting impact on the family. I mean, on the police who was involved at the time and they keep touch, they keep in touch with the family. And one thing that I thought was cool was I think around the 10 year anniversary of the murder, they lift the statute of limitations of 25 years on capital murder. So there's no like statute of limitations anymore, which I was like, Oh, that's, I don't know what it is here, but I was, I thought that was really cool. So uh, in 2015, a book is published by investigative journalist and they have a um, like conclusion. I said concussion in my notes. (laughs) I was like concussion. They have a conclusion on what happened and they don't think it was a skater kid or like a botched robbery. They believe whoever killed them was a hired hitman and a former member of the South Korean army. They said that they like backed this up by the shoe prints left at the crime scene were made in South Korea, and this type of shoe was never sold in Japan. They also found soil particles um, that they could trace back to South Korea. 
and they believe that this killer brought a lot of evidence to distract the police, uh, like the sand and the clothes to like, mm. you know, cause it, it's like, it's so much that you're like, are you stupid? Like yeah. with how much you left? Yeah. Uh, the author of this book alleges that someone hired an assassin to get the money from the, like the payout they received from the skate park. And the author claims to like, he knows who it is and says he matched the fingerprints to whoever mm. this is. But the author is also critical of the police and said like, they didn't do a good job. And they said like, because it was a holiday, there was limited officers like on duty and they just made errors early in the invest in the investigation, but the police dispute this. Um, and so, Brittany and Ashley are like, you know, everyone like kind of takes this book and its theories with a grain of salt, just because like, okay, it's twenty twenty two and nothing's changed, right. you know. If so, you knew you would have arrested him, or whatever. yes, they would have somebody by yeah. now. Um, so. It's been, you know, 20 something years later, police still don't have a suspect in custody. Uh, Tokyo police have, which I thought this was insane. They have deployed 280,000 investigators to follow up on 13,000 tips over the course of the 20 years. Hmm. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's an insane amount of number. And Brittany and Ashley also just kind of commented like, you know, maybe there's too many cooks in the kitchen with like, 280,000 investigators like that's insane yeah they're all going to be going off in different directions exactly exactly yeah so they were like you know maybe there's just needs to be a main point person Mm -hmm. or you know I don't know maybe they just do things differently over there but um yeah so it's still unsolved they have they've never had any like a prime suspect nothing crazy yeah and like I guess if this guy a hitman was hired like how did the person who hired the hitman think they were gonna get this family's money like if that's how if that's how it was like gonna go down like how did they not think that it wouldn't it would be like it wouldn't blow up into like a crime yeah i don't know i don't know and maybe that's why i can kind of believe the fact of the stuff that was left was all to be like a distraction And, you know, if it's if it's someone not from there, mm-hmm. like someone from South Korea and they're not from Tokyo, like maybe they're, you know, maybe they know they're yeah. not in the system or the database yeah. and their DNA is not going to be a hit. But, yeah, I mean, they left all sorts of things that could throw you off track, but yeah. their DNA and fingerprints and blood was all there. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. well, I guess you get the DNA from the blood. But anyways... Um, or the DNA from, I don't know. Was this a house or an apartment? A house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the Senegaya family murders. And it is just so strange to me that a whole family is wiped out. Yeah. And the crime scene is so weird. weird. Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> but, yep, that's on Crime Junkies. And it is a very, very interesting and sad, obviously, but it is um, one of those cases that you just cannot wrap your head around. So hopefully the mom is still alive. She's like 80 something. And obviously she really wants to find out who did this to the family, but yep, it's still, still cold, Hmm. still cold case, but that is Setagaya family murders. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. And mine is um, Dellen Millard. It's, uh, I was going to say a number, but it's not numbered. Um, It was released by Crime Junkies in December 2019. But when I was looking it up, um, there's a show called Canadian True Crime and it has like many episodes and I think the host I think she's actually Australian but maybe she lives in Canada now I don't know and there's a six part series on this crime oh um so if you want like a deeper dive into it I started to listen to it and I just didn't get that far um not because it was bad I just was trying to like and you already know the story yeah I was trying to like condense it yeah this um so this happened in 2013, and it takes place in Hamilton, Ontario, in Canada. And it starts with Tim Bozma and his wife Charlene um, are at home, and they're waiting for. They had someone who was coming by to look at their truck. They were trying to sell their truck. They were a young family, and they needed some cash. Um, so I don't know where they like listed it, but they had someone say that they were interested and they were going to come by and test drive it. So they um, originally were supposed to come by at like seven o'clock and it was like nine o'clock at this point at night. And um, so they were like wondering if the people were ever going to show up and they got I think they got like a text or a call and said, like, we're going to be late, but we're going to be there. So um, two men show up on foot to see this car and tim and charlene live like kind of in the middle of nowhere like it's not easily accessible on foot but they like ashley and Britt are like well they are coming to look at a car so maybe they don't have one so that's why they're walking on foot that is so weird i would have gotten red flags immediately if i saw somebody walking on foot yes and so um tim said to his wife, like, should I go with them or should I just give them the keys? And Charlene's like, of course you go with them. If you just give them the keys, they're just going to take gonna off take, their car. Take the car, like, yeah. They want the car to come back. Yes, go with them. So he's like, okay, I'll be right back. So Tim leaves with the two men for the test drive. Um, Charlene waits for him for over an hour. And she's like, this is not right. It's supposed to be a quick test drive. Um, and Tim hasn't returned. So she tried calling his phone and he had charged up his phone um, while they were waiting and his phone goes straight to voicemail, which doesn't make sense for her. Um, So she reports him missing. So the police have like a good way to track Tim because he left in this car. So they start looking first for his truck. Um, They find the truck. And it has the truck has Tim's phone in it. And so once they get a hold of the phone, they start like looking through the numbers and like who he's last contacted. And so they find the number of the potential buyer and they see like the conversation back and forth um, of the two men who came to look at the truck. And but the name that it's registered in 
I can't remember the name, but it doesn't matter because it's a fake name. It's like traced back to like a kid in high school that's like not even in that town. But the kid doesn't actually go to that school. Anyway, it's just basically it's a like burner a phone. fake profile. Yeah. yeah, it's a fake name. It's a burner phone. Um, so that even though they have the car and the truck, they don't have Tim and they don't have the men who came to look at the truck. So their next lead comes from a man named Igor. Um, He owned the same truck that Tim did. And he called the police to say that he had the same experience. He had two men show up on foot, try to look at his truck. Um, He didn't go with them on the test drive. They drove it, came back and left. And Britt and Ashley are like, okay, well, what makes him different from Tim? Like, why? why did they take Tim? And I guess Igor was like a really big guy. And they, the two men that showed up were not that big. They were just average size. And so they were like, they wouldn't have been able to overtake Igor. So he wasn't like their victim, but he can give Igor can give the police like pretty good descriptions of the two men. And the one had a tattoo on his arm said like ambition, I think. Okay. So they have some pretty like good identifying features of the men who came. So um, using the descriptions, the police find and arrest Dellen Millard. And Dellen was 27, year old, 27 years old. He was an heir to a multi-million aviation company. So like his MO like makes no sense. Like he could go and buy a truck like with yeah, cash. Like he, shot- like, he could buy a hundred trucks in cash. Yeah. Um, so like a robbery doesn't make any sense. But when they bring Dellen in, he had Tim's keys on him. Um, and so they take the keys. They find Tim's truck at Dellen's mom's house. So they go into the house and they find um, blood or no, not inside the house. First, they go inside the truck and they find blood evidence in the truck and sign of a cleanup. So... Um, a I don't think he was a neighbor but I think he had done like they had not like a farm but they had like a lot of land Dylan's mom did and so someone who I think had worked on the land uh went to police and said that he noticed some like weird stuff on their property and he's like I don't know that it's like creepy weird but it's just like odd I don't really get it they had like a really big excavator and they had a really big smoker and this smoker was like six feet long and 10 feet tall or the other way around six feet tall and 10 feet long which like like an average person like even if you like barbecue like a whole like pig you don't need (laughs) like six foot by 10 foot yeah um and it had a hundred pound propane tank attached to it um and so i mean it was human size like you could put a body in it yeah yeah and Dellen had named this smoker the Eliminator, and he, like, put the letters on the outside of it, like, labeling it the Eliminator. Um, and so the police search inside, and inside of the smoker, there's tooth and bone fragments and, like, DNA, or not DNA, but the forensics can tell that it's human. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... With all this, they put it all together um, and they figure out that Dellen was like killing and smoking, like burning bodies. 
Um, and he had an accomplice. His name was Mark Smitch. Um, and Mark was kind of like the, Dellen was like the, the mastermind of it all. And Mark would just kind of go along with it. Um, and so once they, they kind of put all the pieces together of Tim's death, um, the police get like a call about a cold case. Um, they're, so a girl named Laura Babcock had been missing um, for, I can't remember how long, um, but the police got a call from Laura's parents. And Laura's ex-boyfriend, when she went missing, had seen the story of Dellen and Tim on the news. Um, and he recognized Dellen as the guy that Laura had been texting like right before she went missing. Um, so police are searching like all this time they're searching Tim's house, Mark's house, and they find in Mark's house, Laura's iPad and a duffel bag, like with her name on it. And so they, Find, they like get text messages and calls and all this from Mark and Tim's phone and they put together Laura's last night and so Laura and Dellen were together um, and all of a sudden Laura's phone stops like pinging off of cell towers and a few hours after her phone like stops pinging Dellen takes a picture of like a rolled up tarp and it's like um, it looks like a, it's a log, but it looks like it's like 12 feet long and it's blue and it's like bundled up. And, um, he puts a reminder in his phone that is, says barn smell check. What? Yeah. That's weird. Well, so like the, so the police or nobody smells like decomposing body because um. the rolled up tarp was Laura's body. So he like gave himself a reminder to like make sure that it wouldn't smell. Yeah. I have like reminder to give DC his flea medicine in my phone (laughs) and then um he texts Mark um the barbecue is warmed up and ready for meat gross and um he has a screenshot of a google search of what temperature is cremation does cremation happen Mm -hmm. at so like how hot does it have to get to burn the body and then Mark wrote a song um and i mean it's it's awful it talks about laura and her death but um explains like her burning and stuff um so anyway there's there's like no question to what happened to laura and tim but there is a little bit of question to what happened to dellen's dad because before all this his dad died and it was ruled a suicide at the time of his death. But after finding all of this out, the police like kind of reinvestigate his death. Um, and Dellen had been telling everyone for months before he died that he was like depressed and suicidal. But um, when they open it back up, they realize like the um, the ME medical examiner um said that like he had never seen a suicide where the gunshot was like through the eye and that was the case with Dellen's dad and um the gun that um he quote unquote shot himself with Dellen had just bought it was Dellen's gun and he his fingerprints were on it 
Yeah. Um, so Dellen had been convicted of Tim's death and Laura's death, and they like overturned like the ruling of suicide in his dad's death. Mm -hmm. And he was also um found guilty of his dad's so death this guy well. just literally liked to kill like there yeah, was nothing like he had no he, like, need, he didn't need money uh-huh. and like laura so laura he had been so she had gotten into like sex work i guess okay. and so he had met her during that time and so he kind of dated her knew her through that but tim he it was a complete stranger he didn't know him at all well and usually there's some there's some other motive, like there's a robbery or there's like a sexual yeah motive. There, yeah, there's like the nothing. Blue. He just enjoyed killing and, and killing. He didn't do like it to one sex, you know. He yeah, did it no, to he didn't men. have like a type. Yeah, men, like, women, his father. Yeah, I mean, it didn't matter who you were. Yeah, and there, I mean, there was one um, comment that maybe he was upset because his dad had been threatening to cut him off because he was like financially supporting him and Dellen was like kind of a ladies man and lived very like fast and loose or whatever and was like I don't know like not responsible so Dellen's dad was maybe gonna cut him off but I mean like get a job dude like yeah (laughs) and I mean I guess again the dad kind of makes sense if that was the case Mm -hmm. and maybe the girlfriend i don't know yeah. but tim is just so random yeah yeah and, and they were like planning it too like it didn't work out with the first guy so yeah. they yeah they just, found a different guy with the same truck and yeah. how, how you can get two people to be so like deranged and to mm-hmm. think, go along with the same thing and yeah i don't know so the six the six part series i think goes into a little bit more of like who tim was who laura was um which I think is important to like make it, you know, give them, you know, the voice of the story. But yeah, make it less yeah, about Dylan. It's, it's crazy. Again, it's like, why would you do that? Like we have we know the the criminal in this case, like not in yours, but it's still like, well, what is the motive? Yeah. So I listened to that, I guess, when it came out. And then when you said you were doing that, I went to go listen to it again to like remember it. And as soon as I played it, I was like, oh, my God, I remember this. And it's just those random acts are so like so much scarier to me because mm-hmm. a lot of times when someone is killed uh there it's personal you know and i think to myself like okay i don't have anyone out there yeah i don't think that would happen to me <laughs> yeah and then when you get these random ones you're like wait this it is it can happen and this story also kind of reminded me there was um i was actually looking it up on my phone when you were talking so in new orleans and i know like this was so close to me because people i know from louisiana were like sharing this on their facebook like in real time so there was this guy uh joseph vindel and he was 29 years old so like basically our age and he had sold a dirt bike to someone like on Facebook marketplace and he was missing. And so when he was missing, like people were like people I knew and went to college with were sharing his girlfriend's Facebook post. So, you you know, I'm watching along with it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, has he been found? Like what's going on? So they realized, I mean, they did the same thing. They knew he went to sell the stir bike. So they go to his like messages 
find out who he sold it to. And it was this 20 year old kid. And he, I think, uh, Joseph went and met him. They went and met somewhere and the kid just like shoots him, kills him, uh, puts him in the back of Joseph's car, takes the car, dumps it somewhere gets the dirt bike out and drives it back to his apartment. And they said like the dirt bike was uh, worth like a couple hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, like $2,800. So they're like, you killed this innocent guy who was just trying to sell you a $2,800 dirt bike. Yeah. Like for what? Like what? Why? And he's a 20 year old kid. And you're like, you're so you're 20 years old. Like your life is now gone because right. of this stupid thing that you did. But it, that that like shows you that it's just so random you know at the beginning of the episode ashley's like it's a warning for any of you who's ever sold something online which is so many of us and yeah and a a cool thing that they did in this parish in new orleans they at uh i think it's police stations they have reserved parking spots where you can do transact like online oh, transactions like right in front of the yeah in honor of him mm-hmm. and so you can go and park and exchange your goods That's a good idea yeah it's just it was so crazy i mean we hear these stories online and yes they're crazy but they seem so far away from us because i mean we don't know mm-hmm. these people or anything but when something like this happens i didn't know this guy but i knew a lot of people who did yeah. know him and I saw it like happening in real time on Facebook and you're just like, oh my God. And I've sold a ton of things on Facebook. I mean, I've never, um, I never like meet the person. I usually just like leave it out on my front porch and then I'm like, I have my big scary dog. We'll yeah. bark at you and then you'll ho- hopefully just get your stuff and leave. But yeah, it's just, it's a scary thing that I feel like people do all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And yeah, it's a sad sad thing that happens to people and and it always shocks me too like when it happens to a guy because you think like guys can protect themselves or like another guy wouldn't be stupid to do it to a because they're going to be able to like stand up for themselves better than you know maybe a woman is not typically a victim yeah yeah so it always just shocks me too when um something like that happens to a guy because then you're like well crap like we're really screwed if they're you know like yeah if things are happening like this so um so yeah be careful out there don't you know be cautious i guess when you're selling things online yeah so but well the other things that i was going to talk about um so we or i did heaven's gate yeah uh, i don't know how many episodes ago but um, on March 11th, I think, there is a dateline. No, 2020. Okay. 2020. There's an episode, like a special on Heaven's Gate. Oh. And um, they're like releasing never before seen like videos and images and like interviews with people who have oh, left cool. the cult um, and stuff. And so I've only seen like the, you know, like. Uh, the preview yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. but if you liked that episode or just want to know more yeah want to know more about it that's going to be on um and then the other thing we only briefly touched on this but with the i think it was our serial killers episode 
Um, we talked about the Clove Hitch Killer, which mm-hmm. was based on kind of BTK. Mm-hmm. And there's a Netflix show called Catching Killers. Have you watched any of that? No, but I know what you're talking okay. about. It's really good. And they, I think it's their second episode or second season, I mean, that they just released. And the first episode is the ca- who caught the BTK killer. Oh, okay. Um, And so there was some stuff like I didn't know about him. And it's, that show is so good because you are hearing it from the detectives who actually did the work and caught the people. Mm-hmm. And I think it was this episode, like, I mean, they're detectives, so they're like these burly guys and they look really tough and like almost all of them are crying at the end of it oh, because like gosh. of the the relief and like the work and, and everything that they put into it. And this is like 20 years still. And yeah. when they retell the story, they still like are like tearing up. Oh, it so, makes, yeah. gives me like goosebumps. Yeah, it does give you goosebumps. So that's a really good show. Um, And then I started watching Stations 11, which is not crime at all. Oh, I don't know. I've never I heard, heard that. like What is that on? It's on um, HBO Max. Okay. And it's like, it's based on a book. And the book was written in 2014, but it's about like the end of the world after a pandemic, hmm. which is weird that she wrote that in 2014. And then it uh, Okay. Happens. Yes. So I forgot to tell you this. I, the last man on earth, did we have this conversation? I don't think I, if, I think you mentioned it, but okay. we didn't have to talk about it. So I, last man on earth came out in like 2015 or 16 and i was in like college when i started watching it and i didn't finish it it's like a silly show uh and then recently i was like i need something to watch and i want something funny stupid like just lighthearted. we i don't consume all deep dark things (laughs) (laughs) so i picked it up and started and finished it well they uh so i don't know if you know like the premise but basically all everyone dies and there's like a a few people left and it's like their story of it's a comedy so it's their story of like finding each other and just trying to live in in this world where there's no one there and they have like famous people like Kristen wig january jones is in it there's a lot um what's his name ted or he he's ted lasso and uh Ted, he's Ted Lasso and Ted. And wait, no, he's Ted. La- he's Ted Lasso and Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah. See, he's in it. So like, there's all these great people. But what happens is there's a pandemic that like takes everybody out, and they're all like wiping their hands with sanitizer, and they have like bubble suits on with like masks. Like it literally is like what happened in 2020 but this was written and produced like prior to that and ended I think before that and so it's just I was watching that and I was like this is creeping me out like big time because he literally like predict I mean other than like everybody being wiped out but uh it literally predicted like how people were gonna react and you know, like the stores being empty of everything and everybody's That's what happens in Station Eleven. Yeah, it's and so crazy. It's like, so there's like a theater troupe um, that kind of is the people who survive it, but like also in the beginning, it kind of starts in a theater and um, a man who's watching this play um, gets a call from his sister and she's a nurse and she's like, you have to go home and like barricade yourself in like this flu is like attacking everyone. And she was like, you have to stay as far away, whatever. And he ends up like walking this little girl home 
who he doesn't know and she ends up staying with him because of things yeah and um and he like goes to the grocery store and he buys like three carts full of food and like the checkout guy is like is this because of you know the flu or what's happening Mm -hmm. and and um they're like they're wearing the same masks that we have had to be wearing and um yeah it's like how did you creeps how did you write this (laughs) but it's like a very like beautiful story in the Uh end um but if you're like sensitive to that you're like i don't really want to watch that Mm -hmm. i get it but Mm -hmm. there and there were like pieces of the story that i didn't like fully understand because it's kind of like a magical oh okay sort of i don't know yeah but it was good i um I've been watching, I was telling you, uh, pieces of her. I literally just started that. So I'm on like the second episode and I really like it so far. So you need to check it out. But I have a feeling it will be one of our shows that we talk about. So here's your heads up if if you want to, if you want to watch it. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to find like another good show to watch because I was struggling like yesterday. I was going to watch season four of Handmaid's Tale. Did you ever Mm. watch that? I watched a few episodes of the first season i just mm-hmm. didn't really get it's, into it yeah it's um it's hard to watch and it's really dark and just it's a lot yeah. and so i tried to watch season four but i just can't get into it i just don't think i don't know i'm just i think i've, I've done the three seasons and i just don't know if i have it in me to finish it off but maybe somebody will tell me differently and then i almost started worst roommate ever on netflix oh i've seen that okay Okay. yeah you saw the like thing yeah Yeah. and i didn't get that far into that but now that pieces of her that's like right up my alley i'm yeah into that did Um, you ever watch money heist no my parents did so i would like i remember sitting around Mm -hmm. watching that with them a little bit yeah i I but i never uh it was like because i kind of saw bits and pieces of it with them i'm like now like there's no point yeah yeah so but anyways that's that's all i got i know we've yeah we haven't recorded i guess um in like two weeks so we had a lot to catch up on and we like totally just didn't put out an episode last monday so whoopsies but hey you know when you (laughs) you've got a small following even more excited yeah we'll definitely have one tomorrow uh but anyways, that's, I think, all I got. You got anything else? No. Okay, bye, Sam. Bye, Ashton. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.